Welcome to Not Meddling, Just Mothering, a podcast geared to bring encouragement and hope to mamas struggling and contending through the many issues of parenting adult children. We're Missy and Asha, and we're discussing different topics mamas face when their kids grow up. We don't claim to be experts, but between the two of us, we have more than 50 years of experience parenting. And now that we've embarked on the ultimate season of mothering, adults, we recognize that it may have been beneficial to have some of this knowledge beforehand. So with a heart to help, we started this podcast. The foundation of our mothering is the Word of God. Here are three verses we're going to stand on for this podcast. First, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they shall not depart from it. This is truly applicable, no matter how old your children are. Next, Proverbs 31, 28, 29. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. This is something we all would love to hear from those we've raised and our husbands. But truly most important of all is knowing that children are a blessing that God has entrusted us with. It says in Psalms 127, 3 and 4, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. These verses help us to remain faithfully anchored, especially when facing trials and pushback and feeling unappreciated and sometimes even dishonored. Listen in to what we have to share today. Hey, Asha. Hi there. How are you? Good. New episode regarding some whole new ideas that we're really mulling over and kind of a new resource that we're going to be using. Right. Yeah. We put our heads together and thought, what can we do? What would be helpful? And one of the things that Missy sent me a couple of years ago was a book called Praying the Scriptures for Your Adult Children by Jody Burnt. So I thought, hey, this could be a really good resource for our listeners. It's called Praying the Scriptures for Your Adult Children. And the author's name is Jody Burnt. I hope I pronounced that correctly. If not, let me spell it for them. B-E-R-N-D-T. Because it, it's probably burnt, but it doesn't look like burnt. <laughs> right. So this book, I think, is an excellent resource and very helpful and very encouraging. It has been to me, and we thought we would share it with you. So what we are planning on doing is going over at least a couple of chapters every week until we go through the full book. And sometimes it'll be more than a couple of chapters. We're going to start with a couple at least right now, because there's a lot of content and a lot of good stuff in here that we feel can be useful for parents that are parenting adult kids. So the first chapter is called The Battle Begins. When I read that, I immediately thought of the scripture that is in Ephesians. It's 6.12, for we do not battle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's actually really, really good, Asha, because some people do get into fights with their kids. They don't mean it to go that direction. But you often hear people like, I haven't talked to my adult son or my adult daughter in months, in weeks, in years. They don't come for the holidays because we're, we're estranged. We're away from each other. And it is easy, you know, it's easy to say this scripture and you're talking about your boss or your coworker or somebody on the street that dings your car. You're like, okay, devil, you know, this person in front of me who dinged my car is not my enemy, but the devil just wants to make my life hard. But it goes the same for our adult children. We need to remember they are not the enemy. You know, they are, they're the ones we love. They came from our own bodies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And not only that, but the situations and the circumstances that we are battling against in life or our children are battling against in life, that sometimes is not just a physical thing that's happening or something that's here in the physical realm. It's sometimes a spiritual battle, something spiritual that we are fighting against. And 
the best way to do that is to fight in the spiritual realm as well. So that's why we feel like this book would be a very good resource for parents out there today. The scripture that she uses in the first chapter of The Battle Begins is awesome. It's found in Nehemiah 4.14, and it says, it's the last half of the scripture. It says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. So this is just an encouragement, letting us know that sometimes life isn't just easy sugar and roses and everything nice. It's a battle sometimes. And so we have to do battle for the things that we care for. Yeah. While we're battling, we need to also be giving strength. And I told you that recently I, I was reading through Ezra and now I'm reading in Nehemiah and it's all about building back the temple, building the walls and fortifying Jerusalem and protecting the Israelites that have come back weary, worn, torn, you know, just really struggling because they've come out of being in captivity. And we need to strengthen our adult kids too and say, I'm here for you. And it's funny because this weekend I had my grandchildren and one of them that will be five in about, oh, actually he's going to be six in about four weeks. And, you know, he, he gets help from his parents and he actually doesn't see, you know, a behavior therapist. And he was kind of getting a little out of control. And I said, you need to control yourself. He said, I can't, I can't control myself. And I said, if you don't control yourself, somebody else will, you know, and, and it's right. the same for adult children. If they don't find coping mechanisms that are grounded in God and grounded in spirituality, and they don't reach for the Holy Spirit every time they need it, then somebody will control our adult children. Right. And so while we're, we're fighting on their behalf spiritually, we have to teach them how to fight for themselves. Yeah, that's really good. And I think it's really good that you're teaching your grandson from that age, you know, five years old, the understanding, the concept of someone's going to control you. So yeah. don't let it be somebody else. Yeah, so it kind of scares me that he's already, you know, to an age at almost six years old, making excuses for himself. I can't, I can't, I give up already. I give up controlling myself. I'm just going to mm -hmm. let myself, you know, kick my brother or right. say whatever I want or. <laughs> yeah, so that that's good, though, that the, you're speaking that truth that, no, you can control yourself. If not, somebody else will. So <laughs> make sure it's you. So how do we begin? How do we fight? What do we do? I sent some notes to you and I know you have your own thoughts as well. I think the first thing is to create a battle plan and a support system. Now, Jody talks about meeting annually with a group of friends that she has meet together and they discuss their kids, they're all their adult kids and see where they are at in life. And then they pray for each other and things like that. So I think this is definitely one key thing for battling in the spiritual realm and even just parenting. You know, when we were younger, she even says this in the book, we were able to go to like games or to different activities that our kids had. And we'd sit on the sideline watching them, but we'd be with a group of people that had the same age kids in there and we were able to discuss issues that we were having or share meals together or share our struggles. It's not the same now that we are older and our kids are spread out all over the country sometimes. It's not the same as being able to go and meet together with these parents while our kids were doing stuff. We could talk and discuss the issues that we were having and facing. So this takes a little more effort to do to meet with other people to be able to have that support that, for each other. Yeah. And I think it's actually more challenging because when you used to sit on the sidelines of soccer and football and basketball and all of that, they were lumped in age groups. So like right. 10 to 12 year olds or the sophomores or the high schoolers or whatever. And now at my age, at 48 years old, 
I guess I have one friend, Dwayne and I have one friend who he's 60 years old. His wife is probably 54, 56, and they have a two-year-old grandson. But none of my other friends have grandchildren. Including me. Including you. And (laughs) I have one friend who has adult children, but her son's, I don't want to say failure to launch, but they are back and forth in her home. One is kind of working on a business. The other one just started college, but there's been some, you know, some back and forth with that. But I just don't have people that are doing the same thing that I'm doing. And so I think this already encourages me. I like, how do I find people that are doing, because you think, oh, if everybody's kids are adults, we're all on the same page. It's like, right. Kind of. But some of us are pretending like our kids are perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some, some people around us have adult kids that have had problems and they're so wrapped up in that adult kid that they can't even have a spiritual conversation about it. They're always covering for them. Or defending, yes. And some people that have some advice that I can receive, but then in certain areas, then it's kind of like uh, we don't see eye to eye or they feel defensive. So I can't receive from them or they won't share. That's a difficulty. It is definitely a challenge to be able to find those kind of relationships to be supportive. But I really think it is a very key thing to do so that you can be able to parent without feeling like you're going crazy. The other thing we need to do for the other people we can reach out to, our parents who've been there, done that, we can ask them questions that if we're facing things that we feel like, oh, yeah, they've dealt with that before. Maybe they can help me with it. We can ask them as well, or we can ask older couples, mentors that have already gone through what we're going through. And, you know, we see their kids being successful and what did you do? What, how did you deal with that? Or if we see them struggling, we can say, how did you deal with that issue? And, and how can I, you know, deal with it if I'm going through it as well? Yeah. But there's few people, I think. And the the reason is, is because we aren't at a place where we can gather together in one location and see each other, just like we did when the kids were little. We can't just gather together. It's we're all over the place, you know, so there's nothing to actually bring us together. And that is kind of one reason that you and I started this podcast so that we could bring parents that felt like they needed that support system and bring them together in one place to be able to try to help and to try to encourage and to try to advise and help people whatever they needed. And of course, we're not experts, but but we're dealing with the same issues because we are currently going through that season of parenting adult children. So hopefully this will catch on and people will be able to use it too. I know that Jody, she has an email address in here as well in this book. I'll find it and we'll put it on the notes yeah well in 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 the same breath recently I was working with kind of a life coach about my schedule and they said why would you do a podcast about that like what is your motivation about parenting adult children like because I know what it feels like to be all alone Mm -hmm. and to say gosh who is out there that I can talk to and I do I definitely do talk to my parents Asha but it is it is so different, you know, and, and sometimes I feel like I don't want them to necessarily bring up my mistake <laughs> <laughs> that I made as an adult, you know, it's like, uh, at, and at the same time, you know, the world is so different. Even in my mistakes, I never wondered what do people think of me on social media because mm-hmm. we didn't really have that. That's exactly right. Our thirties, you right. know, we didn't have that. And so, yeah. You know, when our kids post something on Instagram and then they're like, nobody commented on it. Like, who cares? And but for them, it could be, you know, I'm, right. I'm not saying one of our kids, but I'm saying adult children. I was like, wow, nobody said you guys look like a great couple or, you know, it's like they're craving that. And we, right. 
we don't come from there. Yeah, they're craving that acceptance and that's how they get it is through that kind of, through that platform. And it's a little bit foreign to me, although I have been on Facebook and Instagram and it, you do get a little kind of a thrill when somebody likes your picture or whatever. You're like, oh, they liked my picture or they comment. So there are, you know, of course, it's always two-sided coin. It has its good things and its bad things. We just have to deal with it. But another thing I was thinking of too about talking to our parents is they may be a little biased as well. So <laughs> you never know whose side they're going to take. <laughs> If it's a big issue between you and your child or me and my child, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of, well, you know, you're right. I think it's like when you were that age, you did this and that. And, and you're like, okay, you're not helping me right now. <laughs> and, or you could say, well, okay. And what did you think of that? Well, should I have done that? <laughs> you know, or yeah. you know? But anyway, so yeah, that's, it's still, that's another option, another resource for us to be able to have that support system in place, our parents or mentors that have been there before us. The battle plan is set, so now we need our weapon. So we need to dig into the word of God so that it's in us and that we're able to use it at, as we are needing to use it. The Bible talks about the word being a sword. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So it's kind of like a sword when you can use the word, especially in prayer, to divide that temptation that is within us from our spirit. It's a very useful tool. Well, in your if the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword that can get down into the details of people's lives, nagging as a mom is like trying to use a bazooka. <laughs> You're right. Kid. And hoping you miss them and you only get their sin. Right. No, you will actually blow them away. There's no division between marrow and spirit. And so you will just go ahead and blow a hole. Yeah. Yeah, destroy them completely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. That's a really good point, Missy. Yes. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, the word also talks about God being faithful to his word. In Isaiah 55, 11, it says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So when we're speaking that word of God, and bringing it before him with our kids, speaking it for our kids, he sees it and he will not let it return empty. So that's an awesome promise for us to hang on to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been thinking a lot about the Lagos word of God and the rumor word of God and just like, God, let your word be true. Let your word live. Breathe it into my life because... You know, I can read it on the pages, but I need you to show me word by word what to do. Because sometimes I do try to solve those things by myself. You know, I, I want to make things better. And I, I recently saw one of my friends doing that with their adult child. They were like, are you okay? Can I send you money? Can I make this better? Can I make this better? Can I, can I solve it? And it was like, ooh, that looks so ugly. And I'm not, you know, I'm not criticizing my friend, but I saw in her words and actions how I have in the past behaved, mm -hmm. trying to bribe, cajole, you know, motivate in the day steal to make my kid do what I think is in their best interest. Well, that's a good segue into what the next thought is. We need to not only pray for our children, but for ourselves as well and for each other. This is called praying the scriptures over your adult children, but we also need to have that wisdom, continually ask for wisdom. And this isn't anything that's unbiblical. You know, Jesus prayed for himself before he went to the cross. And so it's not unbiblical to pray for ourselves or for each other. As a matter of fact, it's very much encouraged 
the Lord's Prayer talks about us praying for our daily needs. So this is something that we should make a priority because even like when we're on an airplane and the flight attendant talks about in emergency situations what we should do, they always tell us to put on the oxygen mask on our own face before we try to help our children because we're not good without any oxygen. So yeah. it should be the same with the word of God. We should pour that over and, and put that on ourselves as well before we try to put it on our children because it's only going to help. I think too, when our kids are little and we were little, you know, they teach you stop, drop and roll. And it's like, okay, stop. You know, there's a fire. It's danger. Drop to your knees, get down. And then you can move forward. You can roll out of the room or whatever, but it's the same in our lives today. So I'm not really ready to address it right now. It's kind of, kind of fresh. It's kind of painful because there's a lot of pieces to it. But a situation came up a few years back with one of my adult children. And I could see them not dealing with it and just stuffing it and trying to move forward. Mm -hmm. And then a situation came up in the last week where they were confronted with the situation and some good came out of it. So a, a lot of emotion, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of, you know, denial, and even truly some PTSD. Well, we, we talked about something where I had put them in therapy when they were younger. And today I was thinking, oh, I'm going to text them and tell them, here's why I put you in therapy when you were younger, because blah, 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 I thought that your behavior, and all of a sudden I just stopped and it was like, God, what is this the right text to say? I'm halfway through the text. <laughs> and then I just realized you're justifying yourself and your actions. You're making excuses for choices that you made as a parent. You know, right. again, it makes me feel like I'm the star of the show or like, <laughs> you know, like I made a good choice that I just want to bring it up again. And I just thought none of my words right now build. They don't build. They don't really tear down, but they bring up pain. They bring up hurt. Right. And this person has just opened their heart to you in the last seven days and shared something incredible with you that you could have never, you know, figured out on your own what the problem was. And so I just texted, I love you. <laughs> That's good. And, and that was it. That's what the text was. And then I went on to text my other two children. I love you and I love you. Generally, when I text, I love you text, I'll also include my, my children-in-law. I have a and a daughter-in-law and a son-in-law, and I'll text them that I love them too. I didn't have time today to do all that. But what I just, I just had to stop. I was like, what, who are you justifying this to? I need to pray over myself, just like you said, because when I make myself the star of the show, there's no room for Jesus. That is so true. Yeah, that is so true. That is really good. Moving forward, and I think there's a little bit of what you were saying on our third point later on about where to start. But next, we're going to talk about what to expect, what to expect in praying over your children. It's not going to be easy. The Word of God says in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. So... That's a very big clue that it's not going to be easy. <laughs> You're going to have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So what to expect? The issues are going to be more difficult than when our children were younger. They're not going to be things like your son was in class and threw a spitball at Mary that was sitting in front of her. So come in because we have to have a discussion. You're like, you wish it was that easy. <laughs> yeah. Now it's going to be things like, Maybe drug abuse, bad decisions, bad choices financially, the boomerang stuff that you were talking about, even maybe criminal activity. Who knows what it will be? We pray that it's not, but things come up now that they're older that are more difficult for us to be able to 
help them with even. And the place where we have to stand is in prayer. And then another thing that makes it difficult is that a lot of kids are not in the home anymore. They've been, like you said, launched and they're somewhere else in the city or even in another state or sometimes even in another country. So that really makes it a lot more difficult for you to be able to help your children. But the thing we always have is that prayer that we can bring before the Lord because he is everywhere. He is where they're at. So he can take care of them wherever they are. I think too, that part of the difficulty is that we make ourselves alone when we don't seek out others that are in our same life space or we cover up the bad and highlight the good. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's not, not that we want to go around trumpeting, you know, mistakes that our kids have made. We surely don't want anybody to do that to us. Right. But in the same breath, I have met people that I just, I actually, when I hear them bragging so much about their kids, I'm like, please, God, let everything they believe about their adult children to be true. <laughs> and please don't ever, please just protect them from suffering. So I pray their daughter never gets a divorce. And I pray their son, you know, doesn't make bad choices. And I pray, I just, I look at them, I'm like, you believe you have a perfect life, but I kind of hope you get to keep that. And that's the next point is you are not alone. There are no perfect families. We all have our own issues. And by the grace of God is how we are standing today. There's a little excerpt in the book. Yeah, but when somebody brags so hard about how perfect they are, some people might be jealous and other people might be bitter, but I literally just pray that they get to keep their perfect. Right. You know, and the, the thing about that is, is people think they are alone in their suffering. People feel like, oh, this is only happening to me. And so they feel they have to hide it sometimes. And when they do that, it's not helping anyone because the person next to you can be dealing with the same exact issue, but they feel like they can't talk about it because your life is so perfect. So they don't want to go telling you what's going on in their life because your like, life looks so perfect. So yeah. the transparency should be something that is common, which it is not. Transparency. And I'm not talking about pouring out every single detail of your life and telling the whole world so that they feel sorry for you because there are those people as well that do that so that people feel sorry for them and then that's how they gain attention but that's not right in either there has to be a balance of transparency and not hiding I think we talked about this so many different times like and I say it to everyone I know you cannot take all the credit for their behavior you can't take all the blame and I think as parents we go from pride to shame pride to shame and it's like this roller coaster where you take all this credit for your adult child's behavior. It's like, you know, if you would just ride a normal train left to right, then when they were up, you feel good, but your train is still going left to right. When they're down, you feel good because your train is still going left to right. Right. That's the, pro that's one of the problems is we can, we can be so prideful. So if our kids mess up, all of a sudden we're like, oh, what will I be proud about? That's, that's right. Yeah, that's a good point. The book talks about the grace that we should give ourselves and each other. It's on page 20. The quote is, when it comes to raising our children and pursuing God's best for their lives, we all need huge buckets of his grace, and we are all in this together. There's not one family, I'm certain, there's not <laughs> one family that has everything together and they're doing everything right, no matter what they say. So like you said, that pride thing, so, so you know what the word of God says about pride comes before a fall. So there's that. We just have to make sure that we seek that grace from God and thank God that his mercy is new every morning, because without it, I don't know how I would make it through some days because you wake up some days and you're just like, this is just too much. This is just too much. The situation I'm dealing with, I cannot handle it. And you go to bed and then the next morning, there's just that 
overflowing of mercy that you feel over you. And it's just such a change of attitude, even from one night's sleep. It's interesting, but that's how God works it out. So it's good. Just know that you are not alone. And the word of God in Hebrews talks about how we can help each other. It's in chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Yeah. So this is really good. We were talking about supporting one another. Jody makes it a point to meet once a year with these friends. So she meets together with these people and they go over the stuff with their children. And there's so many things that their children are dealing with, like loss of jobs, addiction, you know, living together. When right. Just a lot. Yeah. A lot of things that they're dealing with and they all share it, you know, and that's a good thing because they're lifting each other up, even though they're giving each other their problems. They're kind of making each other feel like, oh, okay, it's not just me. I'm not the failure and I'm not the success. You know, there, there's even successes, of course, that they bring up as well. It's just like you were saying, you can't take the credit and you can't take the blame, but you can just be there for your child and be glad that they're your children and they're doing what they're doing and help them as much as you need. So we can encourage one another that way. This is a really good verse to remind us to spur each other along instead of trying to tear each other down just try to encourage one another and I think that's what our heart is Missy in doing this podcast as well we just want people to know hey you're not alone and if you have issues so do we and let's talk about it let's try to get some wisdom here and share what we're going through and maybe move forward and be able to bless one another well and I'd like to say I mean there's a lot of people in our world, Christian, non-Christian, that have dealt with suicide, their children, either as teenagers or as adults, have committed suicide. In those situations, God has to render the peace for that because nobody, nobody has an answer for that. It's just something we shouldn't have to face, but some families have faced that and only with the grace of God can they move forward and have the answers that God has for them. But in most situations where, where maybe your adult child, you think they've missed the mark or what they've accomplished isn't where you're at or what you thought they should be and all, all of those things that we've discussed before, if they are still breathing, then God can still turn it around. That's right. I think that, you know, when you say encourage each other, love each other, don't give up meeting together, praying, you know, doing those things, we need to keep the faith that God can turn it around and no sin is so great that God can't make a way for our adult child to come back to him. Yeah. Especially with, you know, when our hearts are pure. And we're careful with our words from our mouth and we guard ourselves, you know, we lift them up and we don't tear them down. That opens the door. And so let's find out how we can spur each other on towards love and good deeds. But if your child is still breathing, no matter, no matter if they're homeless, no matter if they're in addiction, no matter if they've had so many children out of wedlock and your heart just breaks, you know, for their family unit. If they're still breathing, God can still be working. Yes. Yes, that's right. And that's the next point is God will help. Hebrews 4, 16 says, so let us boldly come to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and will find grace to help us when we need it the most. God is always faithful to his word and he wants to help us. So we can have that confidence that if we approach his throne, he's not going to chase us away and say, oh, no, that's too much for me. What? They're addicted to what? No, I can't deal with that. Sometimes we feel like that. Oh, no, I can't deal with that situation. I, I can't 
there's too much already on my brain and I can't take any more in or my emotions are too much overflowing. I can't feel any more. So stop telling me this. But God is never like that. He always calls us to come to him and share what we need so that he can give us what we need. Yeah. And, you know, we often talk about taking the blame, taking responsibility or taking, doing it with pride and taking for granted what our children have accomplished as adults. But at the same time, this, maybe this has happened to you. It has certainly happened to me. I look at mistakes I made in my life or choices that I made. And it's like, wow, how can my kids ever come out from under that choice that I made? Yeah. Know that the legacy I left them you know, I think of like my divorce. I think, how can they ever survive it? What have I given them? And then I look at my oldest and I think now the first weekend in November, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he's celebrating eight years of marriage. Wow. And when you get married at 19 years old <laughs> and you have a baby on the way, mm-hmm. nobody says you have to get married. Or if they do tell you that, nobody says you have to stay together. Mm-hmm. You know, so not like they used to. Yeah. <laughs> but, but God has to walk that path with them again. It's not like, well, my kids have been buried eight years. Nothing can happen to them. Right. Like, you know, wax paper, everything, all the problems fall off of them and everything is great. No, <laughs> they still need that prayer covering. They still yeah. need that. Yeah. But what it's to say that, you know, my daughter-in-law came from a divorced home. My son came from a divorced home, and yet, you know, God has been walking that path with them now almost eight years. Yeah, that's so good. So the next chapter talks about where we would start for this praying the scriptures over our adult children. Where we start is with blessing and releasing. Blessing is defined as God's favor and protection. So in Numbers 6, 24 through 26, this is one of the most awesome prayer blessings that is in the Bible, I think. It's the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Blessing doesn't mean endorsing. So when we're speaking of blessing, it's talking about just praying for God's protection and his favor upon our children. The word countenance, which was interesting to me when it says, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. I was like, what does that mean? Like his countenance. The first definition is a person's facial expression, which is interesting because it says right before the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. So I'm like, okay, they're repeating themselves. I was like, okay, that's interesting. But then the second definition of countenance is support. So Mm -hmm. the Lord lift up his support upon you and give you peace. So that is pretty powerful in my mind. We're praying that the Lord would support our children to lift them up and take care of them. And I think that's a powerful prayer for, for our kids. Like I said a while ago, blessing doesn't mean endorsing. In the book, she talks about an example of one of her friends whose children were making choices that they didn't agree with. Her son was homosexual and she was struggling with the fact that, well, how can I pray a blessing over my child if he's not living the life that God wants him to live? And I'm going to read from page 29 in the book, another mom shared her devastation when her college-aged son told her that he was gay. I searched the Bible to find anything that might convince me that homosexuality was not a sin. I'd been taught it was, she said, but I couldn't find any passages to support that view. I knew God loved my son as much as I did, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do or to say. So she says, love him. That's what this dear mama felt God whispered to her. You can't control your son's choices or his lifestyle. Leave that to me. You just love him. So we've had those parents that disown their children for things like this, and they'd feel justified because of the word of God and 
what it says, but if I remember correctly, and I know I remember correctly, <laughs> that love trumps everything in the word of God. The word talks about if you do all these things and you don't have love, you're like a, a gong, you know? Yeah. And so you're useless, right? So I agree with this. If your child is living a lifestyle that you do not agree with, that doesn't mean you need to disown them and to reject them because God has not rejected any one of us. He's, matter of fact, sent his son to die for all of us so that we would be able to live in eternity with him. So, I mean, I have an example myself. One of my children was in a relationship with a person that we thought was very bad, <laughs> not a good relationship at all. It was a very abusive relationship. And we spoke to her, we prayed for her, and she stayed there for about four years. Then finally, the prayers worked and God brought somebody that was able to speak into her, all the stuff that I think we were planting seeds and, and this person just watered it and finally went, oh, it broke through. So that's how I look at it. Not one word that we spoke was for nothing. It was just all seeds planted. And that's what I'm believing and trusting. We didn't do our wins. So after at the end, we'll do our wins. So I want to talk a little bit about, about, well, actually I can do my win right now. So my win and the reason I'm feeling released to, to share this is because at our worship night on Friday night, we do worship night on Friday night. There was a time where I, I gave a little bit of a Bible study and asked if anybody had anything to share a testimony or anything. And this child stood up and shared her testimony about this relationship and some other things about some sexual abuse that happened to her a couple of years ago. And she was able to share it. And she was telling people that even though she's been through all those things, she knows that God is faithful to bring her out of any trial or tribulation she is facing today because we are facing things today that we thought we would never face but she's at a point where she's understanding that wait God is for her and he's not going to let her fall even though we struggle there's a way out and so that was my win for this week that she was able to understand that and to even voice it and not only that but it helped other people that were there to understand it as well. So it was really good. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And you know, one of my favorite verses is that we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Missy, that's the verse I shared on Friday night. That's exactly what I shared. So that is so awesome. That's just confirmation that God is just speaking that to our lives today. Well, it's funny because I have a mentor who is teaching me social media for my commercial real estate business. And we were just talking about when you have a resume with God, meaning you have a testimony, you can look back and say, you know, like our resume say, I know how to do QuickBooks and I know how to make sales calls and I can work customer service desk, you know, all those, then that's your resume. Cause it tells, you know, what you know and where you've been. And when you have a resume with God's blessings and how he helped you overcome, it's that testimony that you can just sit there and say, I am not over yet. And God's will for my life is not over yet. But it's that testimony that breaks down the walls and gives other people faith. That is so good. Yes. And that's exactly why they were standing up to testify because that was the scripture I ended with. And it was just just so powerful. I was just like, oh, praise God. I thank God <laughs> that God used that spur my daughter on a little bit. So yeah. that's good. So that was my win for the week. <laughs> Sharing it in the middle now, but <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, and that's awesome. And when we're in the middle of all of our pain, we're like, what good can come of this? And then one day you're like, wow, I cannot wait to, to share what God has done. <laughs> right. It's this situation, you know, I just can't wait to see how it turns off the other side. So that's awesome. 
It has to do with my daughter. I've mentioned before that she started nursing school. And it's funny because when she was in, I want to say like kindergarten, maybe first grade. I remember one day she came home and she said, mom, she said, there's a little girl in my class who has Down syndrome and nobody wants to play with her because she's not potty trained and she always smells like pee. But I will play with her because she needs a friend. And that's one of the things with this child, like she has a firecracker personality. I just don't know where it came from. Oh, she is a firecracker. But but I, <laughs> she was the one that used to say, not to be mean, but you, you know, the, right, right. Something so really mean. <laughs> yeah. But, but there was something tender about her heart, even as a kindergartner, first grader. But today she was calling me on her way to drop her baby off to daycare, you know, on her way into school. And she was like, I have this huge tense. I've studied so much. It's just incredible. Mercy school so hard, so hard, so hard. Which it sounds like it really is. But she said, nobody wanted to help this one girl with, they needed to learn how to take like blood pressure and temperature and all of that. She said, everybody was busy studying. So I just put my book aside and I was working with her. She said, I can't keep it all the time, but I stopped to help her and show her at least what I could about blood pressure and mm -hmm. about that. And so I just thought, this is the same you. This is the same sweet spirit that I know God is going to use in the future yeah. and call you back to to where he is and what he has for your life. But it was it's so amazing to see that, you know, a, our children, you know, the, the precious things about them as, as small people, you know, that they can still be that sweet and that tenderness even when they're in their 20s 30s 40s and it's it's beautiful to see that's really good the 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 next thing that I wanted to talk about and you spoke about a little bit earlier is speaking life and that what we speak or say about our kids has power the word of God talks about in Proverbs eighteen twenty one: death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. That is so powerful. It's also in the power of the text or the social media post. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because that's something you speak, right? Yeah. It's, it's the tongue. So when we are telling our children or like you were talking about earlier, nagging them, that is power of death, really, if you think about it. You know, but when we're encouraging to them, that is something that can lift them up. So it is, it's in our power to lift our kids up or to tear them down. We want to be the type of parents that lift our kids up. Not that we're saying we ignore all their sin or everything they're doing wrong, because that's just as bad. But we try to encourage them and teach them. There's teachable moments where we can share our experience. And sometimes we have that time when our kids don't want to receive from us, but we can still speak it in prayer, speak the scripture over them and their lives in prayer to God. He will take care of the, the rest of the situation. To give an example, if your spouse says, wow, the dog stinks, they need a bath. Okay. We heard them. So, you know, it sounds like it's our job. So we will, when we get to it, we'll give the dog a bath. But if they woke up in the morning and said, man, the dog stinks and they got home on their lunch break to eat a quick bite. And they said, God, the dog stinks. And then at night, after you quietly sit down to watch the little TV, they said, man, the dog stinks. You'd be like, stop it. I know. I just haven't had a moment. And I think it's the same. We can say it to them maybe once. If they bring it up, maybe twice. And the rest, you need to be saying it to Jesus. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because it doesn't help them. Thinking of an excerpt from the book, where she was talking about one mom who told her that she had a daughter who was 34 and she was still single. The mom said, I want her to enjoy the gift of marriage, she said, and I know she wants to as well. So I'm asking God to provide a husband for her, but I'm also thanking him 
for the good things he has already poured into her life, her leadership skills, her honesty, her compassion, and even the fact that she is just as comfortable working in a soup kitchen as she is attending a fundraising gala in an evening gown. You can't just focus in on the negative stuff. You need to speak the the good stuff out, out as well and encourage them as well. So it makes a big difference when that happens because if not, then the focus will be all the negative things. And then our adult children can get stuck at that point where, oh, I'm a failure because of this. Just think about things in your life. And I think about choices and things in my life. If every time we saw our mom and dad, they were like, remember that thing you did? Wink, wink, remember, remember this, remember that. We would stop going so much for Thanksgiving. We had to quit coming around for Christmas. He'd be like, you don't have to remind me, mom and dad. Right. I know, I know. And exactly. And our kids would feel the same way. Yeah, I, I agree. Also in prayer, when we bring up the, because we can not saying we can't pray over them of their negative stuff to change, but exactly. But we should also pray and bring it before the Lord that, Lord, thank you, Lord, that they are successful in their studies or they're successful and you've given them this gift of music or you've given them this gift of prayer or gift of humility or whatever gift that God has given them, thank you for that. But we know that that's not all that there is to them, Lord, and that you are forming them. And so we just ask that you just take away whatever the, the thorns are in their flesh or mold them into more of God's image. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're still here. We're still here. And we may not, we may not be here till our kids days are end, you know, we actually hope that we go first and they don't because that would break our hearts, right? We're older than they are. So that's the way, that's the way nature says it'll will usually happen. But still, there's still hope and God can still touch and change and grow. You know, sometimes none of us need a full change. We're not fully sinning, but there may be the maturity that needs to grow in all of our lives. Exactly. The next thing is we talked about blessing and releasing. So let's talk about the releasing next. The releasing, <laughs> the definition of releasing is allow or enable to escape from confinement, to set free. And the second one is allow something to move, act, or flow freely. I was thinking about this and I was like, that is so true. I, I haven't looked at it like this. You know, as parents, we're not like, what do you mean? Like, they're not like prisoners. But if you think about it, children are in confinement. They're confined because they're under your roof and they're under your rules and they have to abide by them. So yeah. when you release them, you're allowing them to <laughs> be free and to move and act on their own and flow freely. So this is sometimes a struggle and a difficulty. And the reason is because sometimes the choices they make, like we were talking about earlier, aren't always good for them. Sometimes the choices I made weren't the best choices, you know. Hey, sometimes the choices you make now aren't good for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I'm talking about while well, I'm under my parents' guidance and stuff like that. Well, I'm still under my mom's guidance, but still. I mean, yeah. you know, back in the day when I was like breaking free of the childish ways and things like that, I was still making childish decisions, you know. And today, like I said, we still do. But the thing is, there was that freedom to be able to do it. My parents, I don't ever remember them giving me any kind of ultimatums. I remember feeling that freedom and then kind of feeling a little bit of afraid, like, wait, this is like too much freedom. You know what I mean? <laughs> but thankfully, the, the, by the grace of God, he overshadowed and protected, even though all of the choices I made weren't the right ones. His grace and his mercy, he worked it all together for my good. You know? Yeah. So I just thank him for that. But isn't that interesting that 
<laughs> releasing means to allow or enable to escape from a confinement. <laughs> so that's what we need to do with our children. And that might mean they're making wrong choices, or it might also mean we have to let go of the dreams we have for them. Yeah. Because I have some pretty big dreams for my kids and they're not getting on board with some of them. And I'm like, <laughs> what the heck, you know? I know. I need you to catch up and have some drinking. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah, that's one of them. But, you know, there's just other things that I'm like, you know, you've got this kids. Why don't you do this? I mean, it'd be so easy for you. Why can't you just do it? But no, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I know. I have one that their choices. I mean, there's no verse in the Bible that you could point to and say, that's sin. They're really not doing anything wrong. It's just I'm their mom and I know what's best for them. Right. And I don't think that necessarily they're helping themselves out. They're working themselves too hard. They're (laughs) going to jeopardize their GPA. And, you know, so I have all these opinions, but nobody's asked me for them. (laughs) Yeah. Occasionally they'll come and they'll ask. And I think when that happens... A lot of times we're caught off guard and we're like, well, wait, hmm, what do you want from me? You know, like, do you want to blame me for something if you take my advice or you know what I mean? Back in like the 90s, Sally Fields won some kind of award and she stood up there and was like, you love me? You, oh my gosh, you love me? You picked me? And that's how I feel when they come ask me for advice. I'm like, you think I know something? Yeah. Yeah. That's what they hear from me. Yeah. It's kind of like when they were little and they're like, my mommy knows everything. And I'm like, wow, oh, I wish I did. I can remember one day when my daughter came up to me and I don't know what I was doing, but I guess I looked like I was confused or, or something. And she just came up to me and she goes, hmm, mom, you're just winging this, aren't you? Like, yes, I am. I am just thinking that you finally figured it out. So it was just 28 years later, you write on me. Yeah. Well, she was, she was only 17, I think at that time. So she caught on early. Although, you know, there's some kids, teenagers, they catch on like at 13 or 14. They're like, nah, my mom and dad don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And then they challenge us, which is not good. For us anyway. So the prayer that is in the back of chapter one, I think is a really good prayer. And it's on page 26 for us. And it says, show me how to wrestle in prayer for my children, that they may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. That's from Colossians 4.12. And then Luke 11, 1 says, Lord, teach me to pray. So those two prayers, I think, are a good ending to this podcast today. And one thing that I want to make sure that everybody realizes is that it is never too late to begin praying for your children, no matter what age they are. Prayer is always the word of God says that the fervent prayer of a, of a righteous man availeth much. So prayer is not ever in vain. You, you can't ever pray in vain because God always accomplishes his purpose. So don't think it's too late. Oh, my kid's already 32, or 38 or 45. It's never too late to pray for someone. So I want to encourage our listeners out there to continue to seek the word and read it and get that in your heart and then use it and pray for your adult children. We'll put some of the prayers that are in the back of these two chapters on the description as well. So Missy, do you want to pray us out? Sure. We thank you God for this resource. It just gives us a guide of how to pray your living word, the scriptures over the lives of our adult children. And to just work in grace, peace, and and love, really, to cover the multitude of sins that are not only in our adult children's lives, because we are all sinners in need of a Savior, but even in our own lives as parents, as adults, as grandparents, as spouses, that you see 
our faults, but you don't hold them against us. And you allow us to ask for your forgiveness. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the testimony of our adult children as they work through their own pain and the pain that we had always hoped we could completely protect them from. Unfortunately, Lord, the world is dirty and it's ugly and it's touched our lives, but it's also touched our children's lives. But we thank you for the blood of the lamb and the word of our children's testimonies as they work through these issues. We just invite you, Lord, here in this episode that you would touch the lives of those who are listening and that it would get passed on to somebody who really needs to hear. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today as Asha and I talk about the very battle that we're all in for our adult children. And it's a battle that we don't do alone, but a battle that we do with the Lord, knowing that he is fighting for us. And we still also need to be in the fight ourselves. Don't do this alone. And don't do this without seeking out mentors or friends who are in this battle for their adult children also. You've got this, Mama.